0: Welcome to the Daily Cron for Wednesday, May 15th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton. Now, this may come as a shock to you. Definitely will be a surprise. But I am a giant nerd. I know. I know. Hard to believe. Difficult to imagine. But it is true. You're just gonna have to trust me on this one. I'm a giant nerd, and I have a lot of nerdy, geeky interests and hobbies, right? And one of them is I have a, a, a real affection for superheroes, superhero comics uh, and television and movie entertainment. big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love their their take on those characters. <clears throat> uh, however, in deep down in the in the cockles of my heart, or whatever, deep down inside, I'm actually a, a DC fan first and foremost. And DC. comics, uh, especially Superman. It was always like, a favorite of mine when I was a kid. I, I still remember when I first read the death and of Superman and then the reign of the Superman afterwards and all that stuff, and it was mind-blowing. It was awesome. I like the DC characters because they are, in my view, more archetype characters, more mythological characters. They're larger-than-life characters. And the stories are also like that. Just ridiculous, ca- ridiculous storylines <laughs> that are are huge and, like, impossible for you to actually do in live action. And th- among these storylines is the very famous one called Crisis on Infinite Earths. This is a giant comic book event that reoriented and, like, and changed the, f- the, the, the whole DC comic book universe for a long time to come, years and years ago. I, th- I think they're still dealing with consequences from that. Like, like, the writers still go back to that well. It was that influential a lot of big things happen in that uh then the crisis Infinite our storyline and it's not too important at the moment uh except to know that there's a character in the crisis Infinite our storyline in the comic books called the monitor and it involves a multiverse so like other dimensions <clears throat> uh and characters characters die or disappear so uh, but it's also like just impossible. How would you ever do this? How would you ever do this as a, uh, especially on like something like TV? Well, uh, my love of DC stuff made me uh, a fan of the CW implementation of some DC shows, namely Arrow and The Flash. So I've been watching them for seven years and five years, respectively. And uh, they're good shows, I think, uh, rough edges here and there, Better some better seasons than others, but on these shows, it, they actually are going to attempt a live-action adaptation of Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is kind of mind-blowing to me. And not only that, but they've been seeding the idea for five years since the pilot episode of The Flash. So in the pilot episode of The Flash, you see a newspaper clipping, and it says, <clears throat> it says, a newspaper clipping, from the future, and in that clipping, it says, uh, Flash disappears in crisis. And it's and the clipping is something like from 2024. Uh, and the the idea is that uh, it was about 10 years from the start of the show, so it was kind of like the producers were giving an Easter egg saying, hey, you know, if the show lasts 10 years, we'll do Crisis on Infinite Earths. We'll figure it out. So, you know, I said, oh, that's a cool Easter egg. And they kept going back to it in the TV show, like mentioning it. But you always know, just assume that they're not even going to touch that for, until they get close to season 10 or like they're definitely about to be canceled or something. So then over on Arrow side, you didn't have any of that stuff, right? And then they start doing crossover episodes. So they do crossover between the Green Arrow and the Flash, which is which I always thought was weird to start with because uh, you know, this is going down the nerd rabbit hole a little bit, but the Green Arrow on the TV show Arrow it's kind of like an amalgam of Green Arrow and Batman to the point where they took Batman stories and adapted them to the Green Arrow because they just kind of couldn't use Batman. Uh, but it's a very different tone of show. It's like it started out as very gritty and realistic and to the point where he actually killed people in the first season of the show. He uh, Just like straight up murdered people in that show. I mean, they were quote unquote bad guys, but still. Uh, and then when The Flash came on, it was a much more lighthearted, more comic booky type of show that kind of reigned in. The darkness on that show a bit, but it's still very different tones. But they started doing these crossovers, and then they eventually acquired Supergirl from I think CBS because I don't know why it was on a major network because it was never going to fly. Pun not intended, or is it? It wasn't going to fly on on one of those networks. I think uh, like they couldn't get the massive ratings. At least then, I think maybe it would work today. I wonder, I, you know, because they're doing everybody's doing like superhero stuff. Uh, but back then, a few years ago. The CW got it, and so they did a crossover with all three of those shows, and they're the they're the key ones. And they started continuing to see this idea of crisis on Infinite Earth. So a couple seasons ago, like not this this season, last season, they had a crossover event called Crisis on Earth X. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what happened in that episode, but what matters is that it was a crossover episode. It happened in had to do with the multiverse, like a multiple Earths because uh, it was Earth-X, it was a different Earth, and uh, that this is, and it was called Crisis, so is is definitely them intentionally telling us that, hey, remember that whole Crisis on Earth's Easter egg we talked about? Keep paying attention. So then this year, they did another crossover event called Elseworlds, which is another thing with, like, m- multiple dimensions kind of going on, but the monitor from the comic books shows up in the TV show, and you're like, what? really? Yeah. The monitor shows up. I mean, It's very different from the comic book, but the monitor's there, and so that's the first thing that's really important about it. The second thing that's important about it is that Oliver Queen makes some kind of deal with the monitor to save the other other characters' lives, but you don't know what the deal is. And then that ends, and they, they actually announce that at the end of the, that crossover event that next year will be Crisis on Infinite Earths. So they made it explicit. They're not, like, hinting it anymore. <laughs> they, they said they're actually going to do it. And that's really cool, but then the question is how? How are you supposed to adapt this crazy, sp- sprawling comic book crossover event, you know? And what are you going to do, and why are you doing it now? Well, turns out that next season is going to be the final season of Arrow, and it's a truncated season. I think the writing's been on the wall for a little while. The, the, the show kind of ran out of gas a long time ago. I mean, its original story arc was five years, and they, it's now seven. So they just they just haven't been able to uh, keep the quality up, I think. And although I mean there there's been high points since season five, but but in general it's it's tough to keep that show going. I think uh, there's only so many times you can fail to <laughs> save the city and like like it almost gets blown up by some a hole with a vendetta against Arrow that you just start getting bored and conf- and you, you start confusing which bad guy was which because they're all kind of some some. Bad guy from Oliver's past. It's like every single bad guy. It's like you might as well not have become a hero, man. Have the flash go back in time and like undo your whole becoming Green Arrow thing because it has not worked out. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. The point is, the he makes that deal, right? And so the finale episode of Arrow and the Flash for this last season's just aired. And in the end at the end of Arrow, it's kind of like a series finale, even though they do have a truncated short season next year because they they wrapped up all the storylines. Like all the main characters, and at the end of the episode, the monitor shows up out of nowhere on Arrow, which is really confusing. Looking, it's just kind of out of place. Every time they brought in one of these crazy aspects of the comic books into the Arrow Arrow universe, into the TV show, it looks so out of place. Like the goofy costumes, like the costumes are goofy all around, but like the super goofy monitor costume, it's like oh my god. Anyway, the monitor shows up and takes Oliver away, and you find out that the deal he made was that. Essentially, he would be the monitor's, I don't know, uh, assistant, in whatever he wanted to do. And that, ultimately, though, Oliver is going to die in the crossover event. Crisis on Infernoz. Which was kind of heavily implied, because this whole season of Arrow, they had, they, they the writers, for reasons that will re- remain a mystery to me, apparently looked at, I don't know, old DVDs that they had of... Uh, of Lost, and they looked at the season everybody hated the most, where they did all the flash forwards, and uh, they said, "Hey, that that seems like a great idea. Let's do that." And so they did a bunch of flash forwards into a desolate future, where the city's still not saved, where all of their efforts were for naught, and they have to the su- the surviving original characters in the future have to team up with their kids to form their own new. Band of super friends to take out some evil corporation, and it's as boring, bland, and stupid as it sounds. But, but, the big but is that Oliver Queen was not part of this, not part of these flash forwards, and it was implied that he was dead, but no one actually said it. So <clears throat> now they actually say it in the finale episode; that he's going to die in the crossover, and that's going to be the final season. So seems pretty definitive. So we'll see how that that shakes out. Over on The Flash, though, they had a problem. They announced that they were going to do a Christ on Infinite Earths, but Christ on Infinite Earths looks like it takes place like five more years from now or something, you know? Or, so how are they going to fix that? Well, they fix it through the power of timey wiminess. The Flash it, it really just loves messing with timelines. So the end of this uh, season of The Flash, they once again inadvertently, though, mess with the timeline. And in so doing, the date on that newspaper changes to be 2019. So everything's lined up now. All the TV shows can now go forward doing Crisis on Infinite Earths, and the the nerds won't rage out too much about it, not making sense. Uh, I'm sure they'll rage about many other things, but at least they got the date right on the newspaper so we can stop having long Reddit threads about that. I mean, I assume there are Reddit threads about that. I don't read Reddit that often, but I assume there's like, many many reddit threads about what are they gonna do about the newspaper clipping he it says it's in 2024 and it's supposed to be in 2019 was gonna happen because i just that that was my my nerd rage voice anyway so they're gonna do this next year and it looks like you know they're gonna get rid of oliver queen and the flash presumably will continue after the crossover so here's the thing is a little bit weird they didn't say they're gonna cancel the flash next year they didn't say that was the last episode last season i I presume it's probably going to have at least another couple more seasons. But they are ending Arrow, and it's a short season. Normally, these crossovers happen partway through the, early half, the first half of the, the season. But if Oliver's already gone, and they've already kind of concluded the show this year, uh, and, and the Flash is supposed to disappear in the crisis, and yet they have to also do most of the episodes next year after Arrow ends, how are they going to resolve this? My original thought was that they're just going to have Oliver take the place. And that probably is what's going to happen. Oliver will be the one, instead of the Flash, It disappears. Or, uh, we're getting into speculation right now, the Flash will disappear and come back. But I don't think they're going to do that, because that seems more like a finale thing. Eh, maybe. I don't know. I hope I hope what happens is that it changes up things a lot. That's what I hope happens. Because I, I really want to see... They need to change up the TV shows a little bit. But the point about this this particular podcast, I guess, is not so much about the mechanics of the TV show and everything. I just, I like the TV show. I think it's ambitious that they're even attempting this kind of c- crossover event. Whether or not my explanation made any sense to you, if you're not a nerd, I, you know, I don't know. But the, the fact they're even attempting this is kind of amazing. And I just remember when I was younger, when I was a kid, and I was reading these comic books, I was watching Saturday morning cartoons and Spider-Man and... I uh, was uh watching the batman animated series and then the later the justice league cartoons and uh and all this stuff was was not as mainstream as it is now i mean i could never imagine that a, a, a network like the cw which you know would be showing stuff i like guess now yeah the cw kind of evolved from the wb i guess which was like and it used to have, it did have like Smallville on it once, right? But that was like more of a teen drama that happened to have like a Superman version of Superman on it. It had some stuff. So it had a little bit of this, but it was always more of like the teen drama type stuff. And no one took it too seriously. Uh, and certainly Smallville wasn't a great adaptation of Superman. So I never would have thought they would have, that it would become mainstream enough that they would actually do a for real Like, we're going to make this a Green Arrow character. We're going to say his name is Green Arrow. Eventually they got that. And we're going to have actual characters from the comic books on here. And it's not just going to be, like, we're not just going to be winking at the characters from the comics. We're going to do actual comic book storylines in adapted form and that kind of thing. And that's cool. And I never thought that there would be the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, and all these interconnected movies and all these ridiculous superheroes like you know on and that there would be huge and huge business i never thought that the anime uh world would become huge like that either when i was in college i was a member of the anime club and it was even then uh somewhat of a stigma it was like people would like say what what is anime that's weird uh it it didn't have it didn't have a friendly all-time friendly connotation in people's minds so it's been quite the experience to watch this these genre the superhero genres genres especially but all of the the geeky things that i was into when i was younger become just completely mainstream now just completely mainstream i was talking to friend uh, my friend last night and he was saying that uh his daughter was really into stranger things and they went to like a stranger things convention and i saw today like a lego set for stranger things for the upside down it was really very clever and awesome i'm like wow it used to be star wars was huge right and Star Trek was huge. But outside of that, and even then, you were still kind of like the nerd if you were into that stuff too much. But that stuff was kind of big. That was big enough to be kind of mainstream. But now all the stuff that I used to be into is mainstream. Anime is mainstream. Dungeons & Dragons is mainstream. Like, you you can see influences of all the nerdy things I was into and all the comic book stuff. Like, all all of us grew up, and then we started making this stuff. And it sold. You know? not saying there was never any kind of genre stuff that was made money you know obviously there was but to have this it's like today's pop culture is saturated with the things that used to just be quote-unquote nerd pursuits you know used to be things that most kids uh, around me were not interested in any significant degree or didn't know what i was talking about and now it's it's i see it everywhere even when even when they they only kind of loosely adapt things and, co- and take concepts, you know? Like, I watched something like Stranger Things, and, I mean, it's just chock full of references to stuff that I did as a kid that a lot of people probably didn't do as a kid. You know, like, Dungeons & Dragons back then, uh, popular among a certain group, but, like, role-playing games, popular, indeed, very popular, but not, like, on the scale where everybody has had that experience, you know? And today you have, you know, you had Stranger Things. You had uh, Big Bang Theory. we was really popular for so many years, even though I don't like like that show that much. That, uh, you know, that whole, the concepts they would play up in there, the jokes they would do there, all were references to geeky things. It's just amazing that the culture has changed this much. I, back then, like in the 90s especially, we were thinking, hey, you know, nerds are going to take over the earth. We're going to rule the world today because we were, especially those of us in the computer world, because we're like, look at this. This stuff is huge. Like the information superhighway, as we used to call it, is is coming. You know, and we're going to change the world. These computers are going to change everything, and the internet's going to change everything. When that, uh, you know, became a thing, and it really did. And not only did it change everything, but it 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 changed our popular culture. Uh, and it's just been amazing. I don't know if I, I thought at first that like this would not have legs, but it's lasted for more than a decade now. Of just, uh, if you consider like how long the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been making billions of dollars, it's uh, it's lasted for over a decade now. I would say, you know, just and it seems to be continuing to gain speed. So I'm just amazed. I, I don't, I don't even know how to think about it. Uh, it's just the normal, most popular things in the world now used to be the same exact things that people would make fun of me for liking. It's just the life is strange and full of uh twists and turns and interesting delightful delightful uh uh coincidences sometimes you know, so that's pretty cool, so that's all I mean I was just kind of thinking about these things as i I watched those two finales and getting like hyped up for the uh for the crisis uh, in the fall, see how they pull that off and just had me thinking about the larger concept here the larger idea about uh Uh, we geeks really have taken over the world for good or ill, you know. I don't know. I'm just going to enjoy the ride for as long as it lasts. Uh, Tomorrow, I am engaging in another hobby, which is uh, music, live music, and probably music photography as well. I'm going to the Ardmore because the very talented, awesome uh, In the Presence of Wolves is coming back from their tour, back to their hometown here, Philly, and they're going to be uh, they're one of the bands here, uh, one of the, the who are going to be playing at the Ardmore, and I'm really looking forward to it because I love them. They're kind of like uh, their own brand of prog rock. They're just amazing musicians too, and, and so I'm really looking forward to their set and the other bands that that, that are playing. So it's going to be fun. I'm going to do that. That's probably what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Uh, and I expect it to be a good time because I'm actually friends with those guys, and they're they're super cool people. And the Ardmore is a really great venue. If you've never been there for uh like a big concert, it gets a little packed uh kinda gonna be tough for me doing taking photos if it gets real packed uh if people get all the way up to the stage 'cause i don't I don't have a long lens yet, but it's a whole other discussion but anyway, it's gonna be fun that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow night on thursday uh and uh yeah, so. I hope you've been enjoying these podcasts. I, I'm still thinking about what I'm going to do. Episode 100 is coming up, and I feel like I, I have no idea what to do with 100. I don't know if I've, I'm going to have anything special for episode 100. I don't have a lot of time to plan something either. <laughs> we'll see what happens. If you do like these episodes, I'd appreciate you going into going into iTunes or or in the podcast app and giving it some five stars. Uh, don't 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 give it like one star, and, and because you know if you don't like it, just don't listen to it. Why are you listening to it if you hate my podcast? If you like my podcast, give it five stars for me. That'll help me. Maybe it'll help me get like more than five listeners, or twelve listeners, whatever. To have it there, like I did, hit my goal of like getting about ten. So now let's see if we can double that. People, <laughs> uh, actually, I have no idea what my actual like actual uh, listener counts are because they're not. Because every week it's it's like low when it comes out, and then over time, episodes sometimes catch traction and they start getting more listens, but the way that I, I I don't have the data in a way that I can easily interpret that right now. I need to do something with it, but I do like to joke that I have like 12 listeners, maybe less, especially after this episode, but if you do like it, I would I would appreciate you uh, giving it a rating there in iTunes. It actually helps, it helps uh, makes the algorithms show it to people, so maybe I can get some some more listeners. But uh, even more importantly, if you have your own opinions about this, if you ever thought to yourself, hey, you know, the world is way more geeky than it used to be, I would love to hear your opinion as well. You can get a hold of me on the Twitter, at Stolten. Uh, you can also find contact info, social media links, and a big old button to send me an email through the website, like a uh, old-fashioned person from the 90s, it, at the website at com. Uh, so go there and live out the the '90s lifestyle of using a web form to send me an email. That would be cool. Uh, or the newfangled social media way. I'm also on Facebook. There's also a Daily Cron podcast page on Facebook. You can uh, like and follow it, and you can send me messages on there too. And you can tell me how much I I've changed your life for the better, or uh, you know whatever nonsense uh, comes to your head. And uh, you can get you know new posts that way too. I should—I I, mean—I don't really plug this very often, so I feel like I should probably do that. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, hey, that's enough for today. Enough plugging. Enough talking about nerdy things nobody cares about, uh, except for me and, and like maybe two other people that listen to this regularly. And uh, I'm gonna go to bed because it's kind of late, and I got to work tomorrow, and then I got to go see *In the Presence of Wolves*. So tickets are still available, by the way. To look up *In the Presence of Wolves* like on Facebook or something, and they have have the event listed it's cool okay that's gonna be it talk to you next time later